0: So, why don't you give her applause as she comes? Amen. Hallelujah. Hello. Blessings on you all. Praise God. Oh, it's just, Father, we just thank you. We bless you. We're just so grateful, Lord. That song, we're a friend of God, of the Holy God. Lord, we're partners with the holy God. We have fellowship with the Father, with the Lord of glory himself, with the spirit of life we are in union with. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for the miracle of transformation. Lord, for the continual revelation of who we really are, the redeemed, the justified, the holy, the mighty, the cherished, the glorified. Oh, my goodness, Lord. Such access to kingdom realities, Lord, and I'm asking that you would establish these truths in our hearts and in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. So we're going to discuss this matter of feelings a little bit tonight. Do they validate truth? Do they not validate truth? The question of the day. So we're going to start by pondering... um, This key verse that's really kind of the bottom line for this whole matter of renewing our mind. From Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, I'm urging you, my beloved friends, if you've experienced the mercy of God, react to it, respond to it. This is the response the Holy Spirit's asking for that we present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. I mean, in light of the remarkable thing He's done, we're just going to offer ourselves to Him. Be that one. Be that one that's set apart for His glory. Be that one that's radiant in love with him, devoted to him, a habitation of his glory. Verse 2. Now, we don't want to stay in verse 1. We don't want to. I mean, as much as and as important as it is to give ourselves, to surrender ourselves, we've got to go on to verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world. Don't let it press you and pressure you and squeeze you into his mold because it's working really hard at doing that, Right? Don't let it happen, but be ye transformed. Be transfigured. Be changed from the inside out. Be metamorphosed. We talked about one of the past sessions of metamorphosis, this whole business with the the worm that crawls on the ground that has a pretty low view of things, no future of any kind, and then it's changed. It's completely transformed into this Butterfly, this beautiful butterfly that can soar, that can flourish with a high perspective of things, right? Yeah. Glory to God. Why do we need to do this? How do we do it? How do we get to this place of transformation, or some people call it sanctification? Means the same thing. That you may, excuse me, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Hallelujah. That you may prove what's the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. God's got a good and a perfect will for you and for me. And it's up to us to, to partner with God in bringing it to pass. We cannot, we will not be able to stand before the throne someday and say, it was your fault, God. You missed it. I mean, you maybe dreamed of this for me, but it just didn't happen. No. It's on our shoulders. We need to partner with God because he set up this process of transformation, which is the renewing of our mind with the living word of God. We're never going to come up to the fullness of what God has in mind for us. We're never going to experience this overcoming power of the grace of God in our lives until we get into the word of God and let the word of God get into us. And, you know, as much as, yes, every one of us need to be, we're going to stand individually before the throne someday. And the Lord's got a big plan for every one of you. He hasn't left a single one of you out. We can't put any excuses there. But not only is it about you and I, this whole matter of renewing our mind, it's about my life affecting others around me. Because that's the whole plan of God is that this hope, that this peace, that this joy, that this fullness would overflow from our lives and affect other people. So even if you think to yourself, well, I'm in pretty decent shape. I'm experiencing a lot of peace. I'm walking in great joy. I'm winning souls. If you're doing this great, wonderful. But then the question is maybe we need to, I know I need to renew my mind in regards to the people in my life. Because I have to get to the place where I can believe that God wants to change my neighbor. That God wants to change my daughter. That God wants to change whoever and however. And sometimes he wants to affect strangers. We don't even know their first and last name. But the hope, the glory, the grace can overflow from our life to theirs. And that's what God's looking for. Hallelujah. None of this glorious plan of God to fill us with his fullness or for the fullness to overflow into other people's lives is going to happen until we choose to partner with God in this matter of transformation. Hallelujah. Which is about the word. Reading it, meditating it, singing it. Um, Whatever it takes, get the word into you. Anyway, just however you have to do it. We can't sit around and think, well, this is something else. People will say, well, it just can't happen to me. You don't know my past. You don't know my personality. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know my family. I mean, all of these things. None of those excuses are going to work. None of them. And some people will say, but I'm just not the strong kind. Well, I'll tell you what. I was far from strong when God got started with me. I was an emotional wreck. I wish we could just put it on the screen so you could take a look at what I was like uh-huh. some 40 years ago. I was a wreck. I was a mess. I was a I was nervous. I was scared. I was dealing so much with futility, like is life worth living? That reminds me. I just heard on the who was speaking the other day. Anyway, they were made, they had a quote that of the Gen X's, all the kids born since 1996. Nine out of ten. I mean, picture ten kids. Nine of those ten are all dealing with severe anxiety and depression. Does that blow you away? Oh, my goodness. We need to be praying. We need to position ourselves in one of those kids' lives. Every one of us do. Hallelujah. Anyway, where I was at. I was a big complainer. I was criticizing everything and everybody. I was discouraged. I was full of fear. I was a perfectionist. Because I was convinced that that way I could please God. If I just tried really hard, really hard, did all that I could to be just as good and perfect as I could, the trouble is, then you expect everybody else around you to be perfect, which isn't possible. And then pretty soon you have no friends and no family and they don't want to hang around you. And when you go by law, which really that's what it is. It's law versus grace. Perfectionism versus give people some room. (laughs) When you move into living by the law, you cut yourself off from grace. And uh, we need grace more than we need air to breathe. Really. Really. Now the three giant goals of the renewed mind are rest, rest, and peace, and joy. And anything less is a little bit of a clue to us that maybe we aren't trusting in God quite as much as we thought we were. I'm writing a book right now called uh, A Year Without Fear. So I'm really delving a lot into this matter of trust and doing a daily talk on trusting God. You know, the first hundred pages weren't bad. (laughs) They were kind of easy. Like, okay, yep. But now it's more like, okay, give me another verse, Lord. Tell me what else you want to say. So I'm learning. I'm growing. But this definition of trust from Webster's Dictionary is assured reliance on the character, the ability, the strength, or the truth of someone or something. That's why it's a big deal to get to know our God. How can we trust someone who we don't really know? That's why we read, that's why we meditate, that's why we read and we meditate and we read and we meditate. On the word of God because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the And why does faith matter? Because it's impossible to please God without it. I think I gave you that verse, did I? Hebrews 11:6 from the Message Bible. It's impossible to please God apart from faith. Impossible. And the Bible says this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So this matter of renewing the mind is first and foremost about getting the word into us. Learning how to handle our sword. (laughs) I mean, if you've ever been on the service of any kind, the Navy, the Army, the Air Force, they spend a whole lot of time teaching you about the weapons. And how to handle them. And this is our only offensive weapon. we got a whole lot of other weapons, I know. Laughter and worship. And the name and the blood. Hallelujah. What? Yes, it's all in here. You're right. But we've got to get so we know this sword back and forth. Forward. And it's more than just knowing it, friends. We can't just give mental assent. We can't just think, yep, 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 I know. I know I've heard, I've I've been told. I know that God is my provider. I know it, I know it. But when the situation gets so that it doesn't look like your need's going to be provided for, it doesn't feel like your need's going to be met, then you know that you know that you know. The scripture says, the word says, This is what, this is truth, friends. This is truth. And the truth says, my needs shall be met according to his riches in glory. Hallelujah. And this is where it really matters then, how much you engage with God when you read. Okay, will it do it if I just, I read my chapter, check. I read my chapter, check. Is that going to do it? No, we have to engage with God. Let him talk to you. Let him show you things you've not seen before. Quiet yourself. Still yourself. Let him talk. Let him reveal himself to you. Hallelujah. Now, Ephesians 4.23 says that we need to renew our mind more than just renew our mind. Be renewed in the Spirit of your mind. Now this is actually talking about more like our subconscious. That level that's a little, I don't know how to explain it now that I'm talking about it. It's our subconscious, okay? I heard um, one night, one day on the radio, is this where I'm supposed to be saying this? Yeah, I think this is the right place. Uh, Joel Osteen one day declared on the radio that 95% of everything I'm going to, experience in my life is directed from my my thoughts and I first thought that I thought can't possibly be right my thoughts can't matter that much but I went home and I did some digging I did some searching and I found that he was right science agrees psychology agrees the Bible says it too right what's the scripture As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Mm, Wow. We will always head towards and we will experience what our subconscious believes. We will always head towards and we will experience what our subconscious believes. Here's a couple other ways maybe to say it. My sister always put it like this. You won't always get what you ask for, but you'll always get what you expect. Or I read this just yesterday in the Voice Bible. One of the commentaries on the bottom of the page, he said, we live what we believe. The rest is a bunch of religious jargon. (laughs) We live what we believe. Everything else is religious jargon. So yes, friends, God is concerned, very much concerned with what we think on. There's a reason why we are commanded. I think I gave you the scripture, 2 Corinthians 10:5. You all probably have this memorized backwards and forwards. We are supposed to cast down imaginations. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. By the way, that can be feelings. And that's what we're going to be talking about a little bit tonight. We can allow our feelings to be exalted against the knowledge of God. We don't want that happening. And we want to bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So we've got to start paying attention to what we believe. And that's where this business of emotions comes in. Because our emotions are actually the prime indicators of what we're believing, whether it's truth or lies. Emotions are kind of an p- interesting study. They can be a blessing or they can be a curse. They can be, one man put it a feather in your cap or a weight around your neck. They can serve us or we can serve them. 2 Corinthians 10.5. Can we see that in the Message Bible? We... Use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. Wow. I think the Bible says, gird up the loins of your mind. Hallelujah. God made us with emotions. He didn't make a mistake. He didn't change his mind. He himself is an emotional God. He gets angry. He grieves. He has a great deal of compassion and love. He hurts with people when they hurt. He rejoices when they are happy and things are going well. He does value our emotions, but he doesn't want us stuffing them. And pretending we don't have any. But at the same time, he doesn't want us led by, directed by our emotions. So this business of walking in emotional health, it really is a deep desire of the Father. Not for us just to be physically healthy. I hope you all agree with that, but that's God's will. He wants our our spirit man to be strong. But he also wants our emotions to be whole. Now, it seems that we all grow up in a different kind of a family, maybe, culture, in regards to emotions. Some are on this way end of the spectrum where emotions are a Mm no-no, like stuff them, ignore them, they don't matter at all. Anybody grow up like that? Well, I'm, you don't fit this mold of what they talked about. What people, they say that if you've been stuffing them, suppressing them, pretending they're not there, that they're going to show up somewhere down the line, sometimes as physical pain, sometimes as addictions, food issues. But then there's Jesus. Jesus can heal our emotions. Hallelujah. Or sometimes we can grow up like I did. (laughs) Or maybe I can't say it was my mother and father's issue. I just know that it was me. That emotions were everything. Like, come on. I don't feel loved, so I'm not loved. I don't feel like cleaning. I'm not cleaning. I don't feel secure. I don't feel influential. I feel rejected, so I am. You know what I mean? I mean, the emotions... Were the rule. They, they, they determined everything. And of course, this business of these nine out of ten kids, how do they know that? Because they're all at the doctor's office. Asking for, I'm, gonna, I'm having anxiety, so I need a pill. Or I'm very depressed and discouraged, so I need a pill. I mean, we aren't teaching people where the true answer is for where there's hope. Now, like I said, God created us with emotions. He wants, He has value for them. He wants us to steward them just like we're stewarding our bodies. 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. I think we've talked about this verse before. I wish above all things. Okay, so very good. Because I was reading my page today and thinking... I pray that you may prosper. And I kept thinking to myself, I'm sure that I read somewhere. I think it's a King James, isn't it, that says, I wish above all things. I love that. Here's God saying, hey, this is my wish for you. Above all things, I want you to prosper and to be in health, even as your soul prospers. So this is what we're talking about. We're talking about soul prosperity. Soul, meaning the mind, the will, and the motions. God does want them to prosper. He wants to upgrade, friends, our physical health. He wants to upgrade our emotional health. He wants to upgrade everything about us. Glory to God. And then I just gave you recently a new scripture, First Thessalonians 5, verse 23. talks about the very God of peace. May he sanctify you or... There's that word, transform you, holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy. And I pray, God, that your whole spirit, now is there anything wrong with our spirit? If we're in Christ, do we have to be working at perfecting our spirit? No, it's already perfect. It's already gloriously perfect, full of faith. So God's going to make sure our spirit is going to stay blameless to the Coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. But he also wants to be working at transforming our soul, our mind, and our will, and our emotions into wholeness. And our body. He wants to preserve blameless to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So again, we want to partner with God in this matter of wholeness. So a couple keys that we're just going to touch on a little bit tonight for emotional health. First and foremost, we have to understand that we are a spirit being. At any moment, it must be my spirit that determines my true identity. At any moment, whether I'm feeling sad or afraid, stressed, chaotic, anxious, none of these thoughts, even thoughts that might come up, I'm so stupid, or I'm angry, or I can't do that. These things cannot trump our true identity. Our true identity has to be found right here. They cannot dictate who we are. Our emotions cannot. I mean, they're not supposed to, but they do for a whole lot of people. And I'm gonna, I'm telling you, I mean, that's what happened for me for years and years. I felt rejected, so I was sure I was. Until I got into the word of God, found verses like what? I'm accepted in the beloved, cherished, and adored that he's loved me forever. Yeah, those kind of things, I mean, that will change us. The word will change us. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Our thoughts don't decide who we really are. When Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us, we are now spirit beings. Even the unsaved man is more spirit than flesh, friends. Even the unsaved man is more spirit than he is flesh. And he's more spirit than he is emotion. For those of us who have the Holy Spirit, who's taken up residence in our hearts and in our spirits, who've been sealed to the day of redemption, we are now defined by the word of God. His identity must trump every thought and every emotion. Hallelujah. My spirit is always at peace. Yeah, but what if I'm feeling really nervous about something? Did all of a sudden something change? Well, the temptation is, again, I mean, I'm a musician, so I'm backstage a lot with performers. It always blows me away when I meet a performer who... Yeah, I took my anti-anxiety pill so that I could do my concert here tonight. I'm thinking, I always think that's odd. You have to take a pill to do what you've been called to do? That shouldn't be happening. But again, I understand why and how because I used to be there. We have to know who we are in Christ. We have to know the peace of God rules my heart and mine in Christ Jesus. So if you feel a little nervous... Okay, it's time to have a little encounter with the Holy Spirit and get that word back into your spirit. And one of my favorite verses before I'm going to perform is, we shall do, through God, we shall do valiantly. Because I looked it up one day. Valiantly means with his skill, with his ability. Oh, hallelujah. So come on, I'm taking the Holy Spirit's ability here. I'm taking his peace with me too. Or when you feel rejected... We've all had that happen. It might happen to you this next week. Imagine that. But you know what? You just get back with the Holy Spirit. It's called renewing your mind on the go. <laughs> okay, I'm capturing that thought. I'm capturing that feeling. I'm bringing it into captivity because the Word of God says the favor of the Lord surrounds me like a shield. Doesn't it? Yes. Hallelujah. That I'm the head and not the tail. Praise be to God. I cannot identify myself by my emotions. I understand that I am a spirit being. I live in a body, yes. And we are stewarding our bodies for God too, right? We're taking care of these temples. I mean, I remember this lady who said, I can eat however I want. I don't have to exercise. I can do anything I want because I'm only going to die when my... Time is up. Well, okay, good luck on that. (laughs) I mean, these are bodies that react to the way we treat them. And they're temples. The glory dwells in us. Hallelujah. All right, so we're also stewarding our emotions. We take care of them. We're not going to be a bully and say, be mean to ourselves. No, we're going to be kind. Um, here's the second point. Our emotions are indicators and messengers. I heard this gal explain it in such a nice way. She says on this trip that we're on in life, we can put our emotions in the front seat with us. In fact, you can even put them in the driver's seat. Not a good idea. <laughs> or you can even put them in the trunk, in a box locked up and say, shut up, I don't want to hear from you at all. But she said the best place for your emotions are in the back seat. Let them have a voice, but they are not going to drive the vehicle. And we're not going to suppress them and shut them up totally. We can't stuff them. Because as she put it, then uh, they'll start bleeding through the sides. And uh, they will demand to be processed. Processed. How many times have addictions, food disorders, physical pain even been attached to, suppressed and undealt with emotions? So we want to give them a voice. We want to deal with them. And as I explained last time, there are emotions attached to every thought. God's thoughts, the high thoughts, the holy thoughts, the lovely and good thoughts will uh, result in God's stuff. Hope, peace. Encouragement, energy. What gives you the most energy? What really gets you going? I hope it's something to do with God. I mean we kind of have to ask her I know I know me myself when I get to studying and I'm preparing a message and like I get awfully excited, like, oh my goodness, I want to call about three people and say, Do you know what I found out? <laughs> that gets me going. And probably whatever your gifts are, you know, you people who are musicians or who love to paint or, you know, that's the way God made us. But when you are do- dealing with a lie, like this lie that tries to take up residence in you, um, nobody loves you. You know, you, sh- you could just as well stay home or whatever. I don't know. You're a failure. Forget it. These things will result in this discouragement and start slumping your shoulders. You just don't want to go on. You've got to just, as soon as that kind of stuff happens and you feel discouraged or you feel defeated or you feel like it's hopeless, you've got to stop. What was I just thinking about? And grab that thought and make it captive and take it captive to the Lord Jesus Christ And replace it with truth. We've talked about this before. Try the laughter. By the way, has anybody tried that laughter technique? What do you think? Yeah. Laughter is a good thing, right? Yes, 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 yes. So um, this business about the emotions being attached, I do have scripture for that. Romans chapter 15, verse 13 says, the God of all hope will fill you with all joy and peace in believing. It's connected to what we believe. When we believe truth, we have joy as a result. We have peace as a result. And the God of hope fills us to the place of abounding in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Now, Steve Bachman, who um, I often quote here, he He runs this ignitinghope.com business, and he's been in this church. Actually, yeah, he changed my life. I mean, the whole business of joy. He was explaining that the average child laughs 500, 400 times a day, and we adults are lucky to laugh 15 times in a day. And I found out, you're kidding me. And doesn't Jesus say we're supposed to be like children? Well, then let's laugh a little more, (laughs) shall we? Hallelujah. Anyway, he says before he started his ministry, and this is what started his old ministry, is he read a quote by Francis Fragipine, Francis a book, um, I think it was Three Battlegrounds. Anyway, the statement was, every area in your life that does not glisten with hope means you're believing a lie. And he said to himself, Oh my goodness. I'm believing a whole lot of lies because I can't think of one area in my life where hope exists. Let alone glistening hope. How about glistening hope? How many of you got some glistening hope? Yeah. We want to be believing truth. Glory to God. If a thought is from God, it will result in something from God. Life and peace and joy and hope. The thoughts that are not from God will bring worry and fear and hopelessness and anxiety. So what do we do when these negative things crop up? This feeling of being anxious or rejected or nervous. What do we do? It's kind of like the light going on in your car. When that light flashes on that you've got to do something, maybe it needs oil, maybe the It's flashing at you. It's not the car announcing to you, you are a terrible driver, get off the road. No, it is saying there's a little issue under the hood. (laughs) Deal with it. Take care of it. We want to bring those thoughts and those beliefs from the subconscious to the conscious mind. That's what I mean. We start asking ourselves, what was I thinking? And then if we can even go past that and say, what's at the root of that? What am I believing here that's not right? And sometimes the Holy Spirit will even tell us. He'll even explain, well, it's this thing that happened to you when you were a little child or it was this incident you had as a teenager that why you you react like this. The Holy Spirit really wants to do some mending with our emotions. And um, if emotions like that happen in a group, Like all of a sudden, anxiety crops up when you're in this whole group of people. Then you want to ask yourself, is this mine, Holy Spirit, or is this for somebody else? Because the Lord might be wanting for you to give a word of knowledge to somebody, or it might be a prayer. I remember sitting in a church service with hundreds of people, and all of a sudden I had this flash, this picture of clashing swords. And I felt this anxiety, and I remember asking what do you want me to do, Lord? <laughs> and because I, I knew it wasn't in regards to my own life right away, there I, I knew it. And so I, I just it happened to be this couple that was right close to me, and the Lord just wanted me to pray. We have to again. We're always talking to God, right? How do you want me to react here? What do you want me to do? What, what, what do you want me to say? So, just to simplify, I guess my time's up here. Feelings are not the highest source of truth. They just aren't. What if you didn't feel saved? Does that mean you're not saved? No. I mean, it might mean you have to go back down to the altar a couple more times. But at some point, you have to believe. Yes, I am saved. The righteousness of God in Christ is taking care of my sin. Hallelujah. And that applies to any feeling, friends. I'm not feeling influential. Does that mean you're not influential? No. No. Because we go to the word of God. I'm not feeling strong today. Does that mean you're not strong? No, the Bible says you're strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I'm not feeling worthy. So what? You have a welcome at the, the throne of favor every day and every night. So we keep going to the word of God to determine who we are. So the Bachlands also have this cute little example where they talk about this apple tree and I'm not going to be able to say it as good as they did, but say I planted an apple tree in my backyard, and I told my neighbor, hey, I planted an apple tree. And she says to me, that's not an apple tree. I've never seen a single apple on that tree. I said, nope, it's an apple tree. It's not an apple tree, she says. It can't be. I've never seen an apple on it. Now, if what if a storm came up, and my tree, my apple tree, fell over, died, it's gone. Was that still an apple tree, even if I had never produced an apple? It was. I mean, the same thing is true with a, with a child. Uh, say we have a little child, just maybe one years old. One-year-olds don't walk yet, do they? I guess, all right, well, we better go to nine months. What if they are just crawling, 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 and somebody comes around and says, that kid's never going to walk. Never. It's never going to happen. Well, we know better. Even if it takes them a while. Because it's in his DNA. It's who he is. Friends, it's in our DNA to overcome. It's in our DNA to be able to lay hands on the sick and have them recover. It's in our DNA to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It's in our DNA, our God... Given Christ, given DNA, we are prevailers, we are overcomers, we are more than conquerors. The peace of God rules our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus no matter how we feel, no matter how we feel. The joy of the Lord is our strength, period. So will you join me with a couple declarations? All right. Here's one. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Righteousness of God in Christ. Now what if I feel like I just failed terrible and, and I don't even feel like I can come to the throne of God? Is that scripture still true? Yes. It is. Let's say it again. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I carry the glory of God. I carry the glory of God. Hallelujah. I am strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. I am mighty in God. You don't look very convinced to me. Let me hear that again. I am mighty in God. I am the head and not the tail. His favor surrounds me like a shield. No weapon formed against me can prosper. I walk in overcoming grace my life is a continuous manifestation of Christ glory to God I'm filled with his spirit I'm filled with his power I'm filled with his ability I'm filled with his I'm filled with His might. might. Signs follow me. me Because I believe. I believe. I I lay hands on the sick and they recover. He causes me always to triumph. In every situation, in every every circumstance, in every problem, problem. I I overcome. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Stand with me. Stand with me. Father, we're asking in Jesus' name that you would establish these truths, these kingdom realities in our hearts. Forever, make it so positive, so sure, such a reality, Lord, that we can't think any other way. Hallelujah. Open the eyes of our understanding to see it, Jesus, to perceive it, to grab it, and make it ours, that we are mighty, that we are conquerors, that we are overcomers, that we are soul winners. Ooh, yes, Lord, we must begin to believe that. That we are the light of the world. Hallelujah. We give place to your truth. We give place to your presence. And we give place to your glory. And Lord, I thank you that your blessing is on this people. This great people. This mighty people. This strong group of people, Lord, that believe God and walk in your truth. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Praise God. If anybody wants prayer, be glad to agree with you. Otherwise, have a great week. You are mighty in God. Whew. Hallelujah. God is an awesome God. He from heaven above. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616.